0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Confession Post podcast, the podcast where we take confessions written at confessionpost.com. And uh, unlike at confessionpost.com, where you might just comment on somebody's posting with a message in the message board, the comments section, we do it as a podcast. And I am Morgan Rector. And I'm Von Dark. All right, you want to go first this week?
1: Um, sure. Just one second here. All right, we'll start like with the political one that I got. Okay. Uh, holier than thou. Looking at TV news, anyone would think Russia was the only country er- ever to bomb civilians mm-hmm. in war? America did that during Vietnam War when. Uh, Yousef bombed North Vietnam. Then then there were all those civilians who died when America bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Were those bombings not war crimes? So, um, I don't think... <laughs> I think, like, the, the statement, all's fair in love and war kind of comes to mind with
0: this yeah well i mean it's interesting how you could go over there as a soldier and kill like a 100 people but back here you kill one person and you're going to jail Uh, yeah it's like when you go to war you're living in a different reality uh it's and i guess that's one of the reasons why veterans have a hard time adjusting to life back home it's because you go there and you're just it's just madness. It's just crazy yeah. shit. You're involved in it. It's going on around you. And then you come back home and, and suddenly... That's,
1: everything's so fucking, like, chill. You yeah, know? everything's normal.
0: Everything's just. And it just doesn't make any sense to them. And you're told you were doing the right thing. But deep down, you knew it was wrong. And you're just kind of a pawn in the political system. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's I think that's a big part of it. And ultimately... Uh, yeah so and they end up living with it in terms of having ptsd um and they uh, you know i think i think most wars are war crime you know
1: yeah i mean it it, like when you look at it war is war crime
0: (laughs) yeah totally yeah
1: just war is you know like all in general like yeah like and i mean the things that like I've I, actually this is one of my favorite things like about older movies I do like I like war movies a lot I have a thing for them and uh yeah like there's and even shows that kind of depict that and there was this show um they only did one season of it on HBO called Quarry and it was about a guy well couple guys that fought in Vietnam I think I think it was Vietnam and uh, in that show they were showing how like um, during that time a lot of these soldiers were getting shit on for like you know for doing these things because it was like the 70s era right like where the hip movement was still kind of a thing you know when they came back, they weren't treated very good. Some of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what inspired Rambo because it was, you know, the veterans were blamed for the war, but it was really the government who was was responsible.
1: Yeah, that's not it was like you're you're picking the wrong guy here. <laughs> like
0: Yeah, totally. Like
1: everybody, literally everyone is a pawn to the government. You know, yeah. like time. We like whether we're killing people or we're just a slave to the dollar. You know, like, or, you know, we're making all the fucking other things run, like, you know, fast food joints and shit like that. They need peons to do that, right? So, like, you know, yeah, when people, like, get pissy about fucking, about people who fight in wars and stuff, I kind of, I laugh at it myself. I'm like, well, dude, like... We're all kind of doing the same thing, whether or not we kill, like, I mean, those people are killing people, but, like, they're pretty set, like, some of them. They're pretty set if they move up the ranks, right? Like, they get free school, they get all that stuff,
0: right? Yeah, and a big part of basic training is also brainwashing, you know, just teaching you, you know, to kill. You know, it's it's like the boot camp sequence in Full Metal Jacket i was gonna say yes
1: yeah. <laughs> where are you from son texas <laughs> only steers and queers come from texas <laughs> oh yeah
0: i'm that, that saying you know the, the actor arlie ermy who played the drill s- instructor he came to the set with 150 pages of those insults i, I love would, it I, I wish he had published the whole thing all the oh the, a, man i would
1: love to have like That's what you need is, like, that fucking, that, like, that that whole thing just printed off, like, as a
0: book. Uh, Or five foot five. I didn't know they stacked shit that high. That high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, yeah.
1: There was another one that I remember from that. Oh, but the Steers and Queers one is, like, that's, like, (laughs) oh, my God.
0: All the Steers and Queers come from Texas. I don't know if they would have gotten away with that movie today. Oh That's, fuck no. No. There like, were racial slurs and shit. You know? Oh,
1: and and here here's another one. Patton, uh General Patton, he was yeah. actually like he was real rough on his soldiers. He didn't believe on in like shell shock and PTSD and all that. Like, he didn't believe in that. But I mean, I kind of feel like a good general um needs to be able to like keep his people in line you know and there's no room for that when you're in war
0: yeah that is true
1: you do have to send them home like and i mean like he was rough on them which i don't totally agree with but he was also there to do a job and he was a really good general he was actually one of the most interesting ones i found um he believed in reincarnation and he wrote poetry.
0: Wow. I didn't know that about him. Did you yeah. see did you see the movie that was written by Coppola?
1: What the Patton, at, the, the at, one with the yeah. speech and stuff? The one okay. that was just Bill Patton, yeah. George C. Scott is literally my favorite old time actor.
0: Yeah, I love he's great. him.
1: I love him. And Doctor Strangelove too. Like he was wicked in that.
0: Firestarter. Hmm. hmm.
1: I haven't seen that one I have to like catch up on my George C. Scott but like those two are my like all time favorite movies and I feel like he really did a good job portraying Patton that movie was wicked it's definitely like I have a weird ass thing with war movies especially older ones do you like Apocalypse um, now what's that oh yeah yeah I've that was like that's a little bit lower on my list oh,
0: for, yeah. like,
1: and it's weird because like I put Patton and Dr. Strangelove up at the top. Like they're vying for first place for me because like they're kind of like two different movies, but I love George C. Scott that much that, <laughs> that like, they're like my favorite war movies. Those two. And um, Apocalypse Now is dope because they have a whole backstory where uh, they were doing like some of these actors and I, not sure of all of them, but some of them definitely were doing mushrooms in the woods.
0: Oh, acid too, cocaine. Yeah. They were doing it all. Yeah.
1: They're just fucking having a ball. And young Lawrence Fishburne, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Back I loved him. Back when he was Larry Fishburne. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's so fucking little. <laughs> he was like a teenager. He must have been a teenager. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. He was so you, fucking young. Did you see the documentary about it, uh, Hearts of Darkness? No. That's really good because like, they, they, it was one of the most troubled movie productions of all time. and Yeah, they had so many
1: issues.
0: Martin I Sheen think? had a heart attack and there was like a monsoon storm, which is... Didn't one of them get lost in the woods like for real, though? I don't know if anyone got lost, but okay. when Martin Sheen had his heart attack, he kind of wandered away.
1: Oh, okay. That might have been it. Yeah.
0: Which is a weird thing. Well, I remember once when I smoked pot, um, it caused my heart to, to pound. Like it can. Like for palpate. Some yeah, you've had that? Yeah. And yeah, it was, I wondered if I was, yeah. I wondered if I was dying, actually. And I went into another room to be alone. And I thought of how animals, yeah. in woods, when they're alone, they'll hide themselves. They do that. The yeah, they totally do that. So I um, understood that. And it was like, uh, that's why I don't smoke sativa because it. Makes me react badly. I don't like it.
1: I have to be so careful with it. Like, if someone's like, oh, this is a sativa, I can take, like, a few drags of it, and it's fine. But I've found that there's only certain strains I can mess with. And uh, one of them, it's not, like, it's a sativa, or it might be, like, a hybrid, but um, it's, like, they kind of took out all the, like, crazy effects of the sativa, like the stuff that would give you anxiety and whatever. They took it out of it, so it acts kind of like an indica. And it happens oh, to yeah. be Bob Marley's favorite strain, or it used to be.
0: It's called uh, Lamb's Breath. Well, and sativa can trigger psychotic episodes, you know? Oh, really?
1: I didn't know that.
0: There was a... I- I- heard about a guy who like smoked a ton of it and he ended up like stabbing a member of his family. <clears throat> I mean, this was Jesus. up here at Brampton. At, was it uh, Russell Peters was telling that story? So like, oh really? He has like a lot, a lot of reservations when it comes to pot because of that story. But obviously, it wouldn't happen to just anybody.
1: No, you have to have like that pre like predisposition to kind of to go there, you know, because like. I don't think it would just trigger a psychotic episode in anyone. Like, you know, you get, like, you do a test on, say, like, 50 people, and, like, maybe one person might have a fucking weird-ass episode, but the other people be like, okay. But on rare occasions, it's like, I think it's like when people lose control with drugs, like, just in general, because there's some people, it's like, you know they can do drugs and leave them alone and then there's other people that are like oh my god this is the best thing ever I'm gonna sell my house and everything and then yeah you know what I mean like it's like weird because <laughs> yeah. like because yeah I like I and I mean I've it's not to like sound judgy because that's not what I'm that's not what I'm about I just think it's so weird that somebody can fucking lose themselves that bad. You know, like I've done all kinds of drugs myself and never once have have I like, you know, gone down that path where it's like I got nothing like, well, except for kind of right now. It's not, (laughs) it's not about that. It's the rent situation over here, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: not the drug situation, it's the rent situation. Have you tried uh, PCP? Um. Okay, so PCP, I think, like, out here, it was either PCP or masculine, and they're, like, either you had sort of a mix of the two, it was one or the other, and I'm not sure if I did PCP. I may have. <laughs> I can't really recall, like, everything i did because i mean i've 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 gone to raves and stuff too right
0: so yeah people just kind of pass shit out there right and
1: well it's, it's not like it's, necessarily passing it around but like you know like if you know the right people like i trust all my friends they don't get bad drugs so like i'll be like okay well what's that they'll be like oh blah 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 and i'm like well like what's it like and they're like blah blah blah. So I mean that you go from there. Um, but I mean now a lot of drugs might contain fentanyl. Yeah, so, yeah. So you like you really that's why I only go to the people I know, right? I'm like at least I know that this person's fucked
0: with it. <laughs> Does anybody do E anymore or is that passe now?
1: Man, I like I long for the days of pressed pills again. 'Cause they were amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was hugely popular. Now, yeah.
1: now it's mostly Molly and I feel like it's like it's not quite it's a derivative. It's like close to MDA, uh, MDA, M M D A M D A M A. It's close to that. Um but it's like it's not the same. I've had some really fucked up hangovers from like Molly before. <laughs> like the next day sucks sometimes you're just like holy crap like I feel like absolute ass what like but a like, headache or something yeah but like fucking I've done press pills and been like you know fine the next day you know like but I mean I could equate to the fact that I was a lot younger back then because <laughs> the last time I had pressed pills was like three years ago, something like that. Like and those were like to me it was like mild, but I mean I probably had a better drug constitution (laughs) because it's been so long, right? When you're young it hits a different Oh
0: yeah, of course. (laughs) And your
1: recoup time is way better.
0: (laughs) Germain to the conversation about uh war. I know a a lot of soldiers in the Vietnam War were doing drugs. Acid, pot, all kinds of stuff. Probably speed to stay up the long hours, you know?
1: Well, I heard Hitler's fucking people did not speed.
0: Oh, yeah, he he was on amphetamines. Yeah. How do you give a speech that intense if you're not on something, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he, like, fucking, like, probably, like, gave himself the old football pep talk, like, beforehand. (laughs) Like, you know, like, get ready. Like... (laughs)
0: Because, I mean, he's just screaming, like. All right, so I'm going to go my first one now. Um, It starts off, is a happy ending cheating? So it goes, I moved to a new state and was really lonely, so I just started started going to massage parlors to be touched, and soon happy endings happened, and I really liked it. I kept going for a year, and now it's a bit of a fetish. I have a girlfriend now, but I still want the massage and happy ending. I will even please myself as long as I have that tease and suspense of possibly getting a happy ending. The fact of being naked and a stranger massaging me and causing me to be aroused is a turn-on, but I don't want to cheat on my girlfriend. Is beating yourself off in front of someone cheating well, I don't know if, if you're doing it, maybe that's not cheating, but getting someone else to touch your genitals, if you're in a monogamous relationship, I would say that's cheating. A hand job, would you imagine? Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Pretty much any uh, genital contact, I think. Any sort
1: of, well, technically, like speaking, if, yeah, if you're in a monoga- monogamous relationship, it can go as far back as like even like talking to somebody with the intent you know like the intent of cheating like some people consider that it just like it it's it differs between people but um see I like this is why I say like people just should be like really open and stuff like (laughs) it like it helps like because I mean if this guy is going to pay somebody and then it's a it's their job, and he just like it's nothing about like I don't know. That this one's a hard one for me to explain. I think <laughs> he should be able to go and do it like by my rights, like. But in my opinion, but it is considered cheating. I would say. Like, I would allow it myself, I'd be like, but I mean, at the same time, I could like always go fucking get a wig and do that whole thing, you know, pretend like I'm a fucking stranger, and give him a massage and like, role play, you know, like, role play kind of helps, it does like, it actually like, scratches the itch sometimes.
0: Well, yeah, and I maybe he should ask his girlfriend to give him a massage. you know she may not yeah. be, she may not be a trained therapist, but it still no. feels good, it's still a sexy thing, and it could still count as foreplay and if she's not opposed to giving him a happy ending, then I don't see how it wouldn't be difficult to integrate, but I mean, um uh, he says he's he says she's vanilla, I think he said that right, um. Oh. Oh, no, he didn't say that, but um he just want, but yeah, he wants to know if he does it with someone else. Well, yeah, if she's not cool, that you can't go and have somebody else jerk you off.
1: yeah, sometimes like as hard as it is, these are like conversations that you you know you should try to have with your partner if you're you know if it's something that you really want and something that will make you happy. And, I mean, there's other ways about it, too. Like, you don't have to, like, go do that thing. You could try out other things, like role-playing and such. And uh, you never know. Like, it might actually might help. It might scratch the itch, so to speak. And uh, he wouldn't have to go. And it would just save him some fucking money, too. Like, right. But
0: yeah. <laughs> well, there is that, that point. Uh, in a burgeoning relationship where the man's about to find out about all the things that it, the woman is willing to do sexually. And if those things don't include uh, blow jobs and hand jobs, that sort of thing, that's like, that, that's, that's ominous. <laughs> he feels, <That's> <laughs> <shitty>. <laughs> especially if he's like fallen in love with her and everything. and And she's just declared she's never going to do that for as long as they're together. Uh, yeah. will start, and it, it's especially bad if he has been with women who did it, because it's like it's like Chris Rock said, women can't take a downgrade in lifestyle like to date a guy who doesn't have a car after they dated a car they couldn't do that, and he said men can't go, they can't take a sexual downgrade. So yeah. to go from a woman who gave head to a woman who will never do it, that's a very hard thing to accept. Uh, oh, yeah. So. Probably the best thing for this relationship would be if, like I said, if she were to give him massages and he should reciprocate, that's an important thing, and uh, get the happy ending. And uh, he should reciprocate as well with going down on her or whatever else she might want. So that's how I see it. Uh,
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: Yeah. All right, what's your second confession? Um, oh
1: and some of these i really wish they like had the
0: more option because like yeah and then some of the long ones are not that interesting
1: no it's like it goes on forever and you're just like oh my god what is the point in here like yeah (laughs) what are we talking about Right, one second. Uh, we'll go with this one. I used to look up my older mother's skirt at her, at her silky petticoat with lacy hems, and her stockings and girdle suspenders, silky full cut knickers, since I was 16 years old and she was around 50 at the time. Has anyone else had this experience with their mothers? Well, I mean, probably considering you're fucking knee-high to her forever, like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, not with my mother, but I, I have a memory from being in, um, so when you were, did you, did when did you move to Nova Scotia? You weren't born there, right? You no, not-
1: so oh. I was born in Kingston, then we moved to Maine, and then we moved to Greenwood. So, it would be early 90s.
0: When I like okay, so first came to Nova Scotia. You would have been at least 10 years old or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, so, yeah, I went – I was born there, and I lived there for until I was, like, 10 or 11, 10 years old. So, we, yeah, before kindergarten, we had uh, – well, no, we never did have kindergarten at the time. Instead of being called kindergarten, it was called primary. So that was a yeah. Year like school. We did that. And I remember in primary school – Mrs. Finley, she got up on, like, a stool or something to, I don't know, do something. She had to get something. And uh, all the boys were, like, looking at her skirt. (laughs) (laughs) And back then she was wearing, I think she was wearing, like, a slip with it or something. Maybe she knew that 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 happened because there was a lot of equipment underneath there that would, you know, you couldn't just, it wasn't like, it wasn't a Benny Hill moment.
1: Yeah, you couldn't just look, right? Yeah.
0: There were no garter belts or or anything like that. It was definitely, you know, it probably, it, you know, for her to have been intimate with a man, he would have, she would have had to, you know, remove a lot of layers, I guess. But uh, yeah, so this guy's, I don't know, what is he trying to say? That, uh, is he turned on by his mother or?
1: I what? I don't know. Like he just, I think he's just saying like he used to like. He used to look up his mother's skirt. Hmm. And I don't know like if he is he didn't insinuate he was turned on by it, but he did get very descriptive about what she was wearing under there. So
0: well, maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much truth there is to this. Did you ever see the documentary Crumb about the cartoonist R. Crumb. No. Well, there's this woman in the in the film, she's talking about how uh, there's differences psychologically between guys, who, depending on like what part of the female body a guy is most gravitated towards. She said men who are into breasts are like they tend to be athletic and super ambitious and extroverted. And then men who right. are into feet are much more submissive, more beta. And as she said, that has to do with uh, kind of look, putting in their mother on a pedestal, looking up at her. And so, focus focusing on this, you know, having a thing for strong women. I don't know what it means yeah. if you're an ass man, but
1: uh, yeah, right. Like, I was like I was actually like just thinking about that myself. I'm like, oh, oh, what?
0: Oh, fun fact: Kurt Cobain was an ass man. That's what Kurt, Courtney Love said. She would. <laughs> yeah.
1: I knew I loved him for a reason, and he would have loved me. <laughs>
0: Well, he took a picture of her when she was, like, nude. She's, like, laying on a bed, and he liked to look at her ass, because that's from um, when she published, like, his journal entries. I think that photo's in there. Nice.
1: Uh, I'm so glad uh, she did that, because his journal entries are really cool. Like, he's got artwork in there and all kinds of really neat things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he would have felt about it being published. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, probably not so great, but...
0: Well, she's no str- shrinking violet. She was once a stripper, and she has... Yeah.
1: Did you see
0: her in the People versus Larry Flint? Yeah, she was so good in that movie. I loved
1: it. She was so good as Althea. I loved her.
0: Yeah, it was like I never had a moment where I didn't believe it, you know? Yeah,
1: and she, like, you know, she... She's only done like bit acting, but that was definitely like that was a good role for her. I think I feel like she cast like she was cast good that way. Like
0: Yeah, I think the reason she didn't do a lot more acting is because she kept having more and more relapses or addiction never went away.
1: mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's had issues, you know. Oh yeah.
0: Um, so this guy with looking up his mother's skirt. (laughs) Well Yeah. He probably, he must have, like, a, a leg fetish or something, or a skirt Probably,
1: because, I mean, I know a lot of dudes that have, like, nylon fetishes and stuff like that. Like, they love, like, lingerie kind of thing. Like, they might even, some of them go as far as, like, wearing it themselves. Have you like, had lingerie
0: I, purchased for you by a guy? Um. Yeah, yeah. My, my ex, though, like. So that's really a gift for him. That's the thing, though.
1: So. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like really kind of like cool. I like, sweet, this is mine now. Well, like.
0: yeah, you can appreciate it on that level, but at the same time, you probably you weren't involved in selecting which a piece of lingerie was, right? Yeah. He didn't go over a catalog together. He just decided, well, this is what I want her to wear.
1: Yeah, uh, this is, like, we we usually picked out stuff
0: together, so. Oh, I see. Yeah. Do they have Victoria's Secret store in Halifax? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I just
1: don't, I feel like they they don't have as much as the bigger cities would.
0: Yeah, I I went into one once because my mother wanted me to buy one of her friends something, which was a very awkward situation to be in because... Cause it's mostly women in there and you know, if they look at a guy, they're just going to assume he's like a perv. But uh, yeah, it was interesting, but Sephora was even more awkward though. Yeah. Anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. This is kind of a a slightly different issue relating to sexuality, I guess, and, and appearance. Um, so the title is abnormally small male waist this is kind of an issue you've actually well we've discussed before um i am curious to learn if there are any men or even women out there who have never been extremely thin or had any kind of eating disorder but whose natural waist measurements have been especially when young abnormally small as a first grader in school my waist as measured by the school nurse was slightly less than 17 inches around My mother had to buy me pants to fit for leg length, but always had to take in the waist several inches to get the snug fit I wanted. Of course, I was rather small boned, too, but not skinny. Even at the start of the fourth grade, despite gaining several inches in height and several pounds in weight, my waist only measured about 19 inches around. All of the boys and most of the girls in my class had waists larger than me. only one girl measured 19 inches as well and she was shorter and thinner than I was if you're in the normal ranges of build and weight um I've never heard tell of a guy uh not being able to to get get laid or get a girlfriend because he was skinny Uh,
1: no Uh, like that's usually not a problem I know like I know of two girls in particular like that I met out in B.C. that were just like, that's what they would would go for. They went for the skinny dudes, Yeah, loved them. Right. And I was never one of those people. But like, I've kind of like opened up a little bit myself. It's just like so long as like the dude's more of a dude than me, then I'm good, (laughs) you know, because like there was one time and this will forever stick out in my brain. When I was like in high school, I was dating a guy who was a few years, a few years older than me, not not by a whole lot, but we're making out on a couch and like he was straddling me and I like, I'm, it was weird because like,
0: because
1: <laughs> hmm. I felt like he was a chick, like he's literally like 170 pounds ish, like. Maybe like around that time and my height. So like it was weird. <laughs> it's like I feel like I'm making out with a girl, but it's not a girl.
0: <laughs> but yeah. it was
1: the fact that he was battling me, right? Like I'm supposed to be on like that's it doesn't work that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, to be with a guy whose waist is smaller than yours, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a bit weird. You know, like, no girl really wants to feel bigger than their man. I I mean, I don't. I don't like that myself.
0: That's the way it tends to be with with BBWs. They tend to end up with guys who are slim or...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. There's that, too, which is a very real thing. I've seen that.
0: They don't want to be physically dominant, but the guys who... I think them. they want that. Yeah. You
1: know, like I think they want that. Like they want their girl to be like, you know, a little overpowering.
0: Well, as someone who has been a person of size all their life, I one thing I know, and I don't know how many skinny people are aware of this, but basically, when a person of size attracts someone of normal weight, they feel like they've won the lottery, and uh, they'll even they'll. Try whatever they can just to keep it going, even if the person's kind of a douche because they just feel like, well, I don't have to go out with another person this size. I lucked out. And that which is why a lot of guys like me sometimes end up dating women who are – they're thin. But what not everybody knows is maybe the chick's really crazy or something or maybe she's kind of – but he's like so glad to be with a skinny girl that he'll tolerate it. Like I once knew. I didn't really know him that well, but I I did meet this guy, and uh, the woman he's married to now, she even like cheated on him with his <laughs> friends and shit. But she's very thin, and I think he put up with it because he felt like he couldn't do better, which is kind of yeah. sad. But you know what? I guess his self esteem must have been affected over the years by bullying. But yeah, that's that's the thing. And there are a lot of and there are a lot of women of size who just you know if they can get it. A skinny guy then they feel like you know again that they've had a stroke of luck there and so even though they would prefer not to be or just
1: like you know, like any guys sometimes like some girls are like oh you know like this is it for me like nobody else wants me
0: so i, like, I noticed at one point a lot of skinny like not just any skinny guy but like kind of the geekier ones they decided to start dating bigger girls because I guess they felt like, well, that way at least I could get laid. I could have a girlfriend. And so, and those girls were receptive to the idea. And so, yeah, that, there was a lot of that too. Because uh, a lot of the guys who are dating women of that size are usually not that popular with, with most of the skinny girls. So.
1: No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, there, I don't know. It goes both ways, but in, like, different areas, I would say.
0: Yeah. You well, know, like the dad bod seems to, like, gained in popularity, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah, the dad bod thing is, like, great. I love the dad bods.
0: <laughs> well, they are cuddlier. There's, there's that.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> to me like there's this like this other thing that like kind of sticks with me it's like you wouldn't trust a skinny chef right yeah so, like, a fucking a nice like well pudgy i guess you could say a pudgy dude like you know that guy could probably cook <laughs> or appreciates food yeah
0: you know, and like, also we tend to be much more generous with foreplay.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which is what they say about women of size. Uh, they're t- they also tend to be very forthcoming with that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. All right. So what's your next confession?
1: Um, I ended up just picking a new one because the one that I was going to read, like on the last, whatever, like my, my last one, I it, it cut it off, and it wasn't even really, like, it didn't get to the point. So, I found one that got to the point. <laughs> yeah, okay. just going to make sure that it is not um, something that you picked.
0: One sec, one sec, one sec. I got the one about uh, that involves a cat. I think we both. Oh, are.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't sure if that one was done, but, I mean, I'll do it again. (laughs) Anyway, um, I found. What's that? Serious question, it's called. Why do black guys want to fuck white girls in the ass so bad? Do they do the same thing with black girls? I got married right out of high school and divorced at 24. Rather than find a new relationship, I decided to make up for, lost, for some lost time and enjoy myself. Nothing serious. I started hanging out with a few, at a few clubs. I noticed quickly that I got a lot of attention from black guys. Never been with a black guy before, but I was not opposed to it. Well, fast forward to over a year. In that time, I had sex with maybe a dozen black guys. And every single one of them went right for my ass. Am I totally used or I am totally used to it now to the point I keep a small bottle of lube in my purse. My question is why? Do black girls give up their ass like this?
0: Um Well, I know they tend to I know they tend to be ass men. Um I don't know if if doing anal is, is necessarily their thing. I, it seems to me like Man
1: it's like a into that? It's a thing like for those who want it. And I don't think it's like a race thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> I yeah, I find it seems like most men, period, are kind of obsessed with it. They really want so many women are asked to do anal or pressured to do anal and I think it's mostly because
1: like <laughs> we probably don't really we're not keen on just going right to that, you know? I like a little warm-up before I get into that sort of deal.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's technically not really built for that sort of thing.
1: No, but we figured, <laughs> as human beings, we figured
0: out. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. The vagina, the vagina evolved so that a baby can pass its head through it, but the other thing didn't didn't uh, come together that way and
1: uh no no and i mean yeah like who discovered that i wonder well probably the first gay person <laughs> well,
0: it's, well it's interesting to think of how like um you know she males uh, male to female transsexuals whatever you want to call them now they they don't appeal to gay men they appeal to straight guys and probably bisexual guys as well yeah, that make you wonder though if a guy's straight but he likes that, what does that say about straight men? You know wow. cuz none of I, them have like a pussy eating fetish but they seem to want they they want the shemale to have penis. They don't want them post op So,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I know some some of those types myself. Um Dude, I had something. What was I gonna
0: say? Fuck. Like there was this um, one female porn star named Danielle Fox, and she had the operation, and I think it, it killed her career. They're not, not interested. Oh no.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Um, when it comes to like that sort of thing, I feel like these straight men are probably like they just don't know. They're like pansexual kind of like because. Um, I don't know, like, you can't be straight, really, and do that, you know, like, but you have a preference. So it's like, um, and it's not like, you know, male on male stuff. It's like a man that looks like a woman, but is a man. So it's like, I don't know, it's a tough one to gauge, really.
0: And I think Uh they'd be dominated by them, too.
1: Yeah, it might be a part of that, like, and maybe, like, with some people, it's, like, the best of both worlds, so that they don't, I don't know, necessarily, they, well, they get the both of both worlds, and some of them, are like, they don't want to fully admit that they're gay, so it's, like, but, you know, it's a woman, actually, there is, like, this episode on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he was dating this chick and she was pre-op like she's hot hot as fuck, but like had a schlong right yeah and he was like he was so like that there's a few episodes right so like throughout all of those episodes it's so funny like that like what he goes through mentally <laughs> Because yeah. he's just, like, I don't know if I'm gay or not, and this and that. Like, he's, like, and he's arguing about, like, you know, stuff with his friends. And, like, I think he breaks up with her and says, like, you know, once you're, you know, chopped off, come see me. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's totally funny because, like he, like, he's, like, so into it. And I think later on he, like... He fucking comes out as gay on the show, which is hilarious.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, just like how people can be gender fluid. I think some people are sexually fluid, I guess.
1: Yeah. They yeah.
0: Like one, like one thing for a while. Maybe they will like a <clears throat> thing for a while. Or maybe it's just kind of interchangeable or whatever. Um, But that could be an explanation as well. Yeah. Have you, have you ever... How do you like uh, she males?
1: I've never been with one, but I have some friends of mine that I totally would consider like doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it just depends, though. Like it. Like I am kind of like slightly picky, like, but it's not in the ways that most people think, like. I am a bit superficial like I have to find the person attractive right but like sometimes like when you're hanging out with somebody they get more and more and more attractive because of their like charisma and like just their like all around energy and shit right so yeah there's that right and I like I always have room for that like that's like actually like more of a favorite than aesthetics for me because I want to be able to hang out with the person,
0: you know? Yeah, it's kind of hard to meet them, too. I mean, that's such a tiny substrat of the population. I think most of the time, if someone wanted to have sex with one, they'd have to, like, go to an escort agency or something like that.
1: Yeah, maybe, or, like, find the right bars.
0: Well, one thing Mm -hmm. I noticed about them is that Whenever I've seen their ads, like if they're if it's a transsexual and transsexual escort, they'll say, "I'm going to be in town this week or this weekend." They always just say they're just going to be here temporarily, which I yeah. guess is their way of like preventing the cops from figuring out what's going on. They always say that I'll be in I'll be in Toronto uh, on the 28th and the 29th. Yeah, right. Yeah, like you are every day.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you probably see them sometimes, you know. It's like, oh, I remember you. Like, I know that ad.
0: <laughs> That's right. Like
1: just a normal, like, day to
0: day. Well, I mean, even when you go through the gay here, you don't see a lot of them. There's, it's, it's even, they're even a minority within the gay community. Yeah. So, you know, sightings are far and few between. Um, So my last confession is – and we're both – one thing we have in common is we're both cat lovers, so this one's going to probably be a bit rough. Yeah. title (laughs) title is I Tried Strangling a Cat. I was young and naive, and I wanted to see if I had the balls to kill something. So when I found a young stray cat and managed to make it get close enough to me that I could grab it, I did. I was very stupid. And thought the neck would just break if I pressed hard enough because, of course, a 12 to 14-year-old would think necks are only bone. Of course, it didn't, and the cat started thrashing around, managing to scratch around my wrist and making me worry if the cut was too deep. So I let it go and headed home. I can still see a little bit of the scar to this day and grew out of that phase. Well, thank God for that because... I don't yeah. want him or anybody strangling cats. Doesn't matter if they're just a, a stray. Don't torture animals. And if you do have a pathology like you fantasize about doing it, then get counseling. And I especially say that because they say a lot of serial killers start that way they start with animals and then they move on to human beings, like Jeffrey Dahmer did that. Yeah. That was how he got guys first look at bones and shit, because you'd find, like, roadkill, and I think eventually started killing animals to, to get to their insides, so.
1: Yeah, no, it usually starts somewhere, and, like, I think, like, where, I don't know, like, I think when people do that, Like, when they get the taste for killing, it's probably a little hard to get rid of.
0: Well, yeah. And
1: if they have the makings of it and they go and, like, they're brave enough to go do that sort of thing. It's like, well, that's always going to be, like, in the back of their brain.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and, I mean, if they could follow through, if they can, if they know the cat's suffering and there would definitely be signs and he can keep going on with it. And that's the sure sign that he can kill because it's not homicidal ideation, as they call it, that makes it so possible for somebody to kill. It's the lack of empathy and a lack of of the ability to feel remorse about it that it yeah. makes me to kill. Uh, a poll once came out that revealed that over ninety percent of the population has had a homicidal fantasy, and it makes sense. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: We've all had enemies right we've all had people in our lives that we hated so much we that you know caught ourselves fantasizing about strangling them or something I think that's probably
1: I've had dreams like even like dreams (laughs) of me like like literally about to like fucking like if my dream didn't like switch up or whatever I probably would have killed somebody in my dream
0: (laughs) well yeah yeah like if you've never had someone do wrong to you then have you even been alive you know
1: yeah
0: it would have made you angry yeah
1: for real like that's that's legit right there <laughs>
0: were you uh were you bullied in school i forget oh yeah <laughs> well there you go yeah. right? that, that's that's
1: junior a- uh no wait um elementary school really bad um, a little bit in high school. High school actually wasn't as bad as I thought it would be.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Junior high is brutal.
1: Junior high, like, it was actually, it was okay for me. Like, oh yeah. I was like, I just moved here from Germany. So like, I was the new kid, right? Like, so it wasn't too bad. You know, I, I mean, even though that wasn't where it was from, like, I had to clarify that a lot. Because, <laughs> like, you came here from Germany? Are you a Nazi? <laughs> like, no, well, that's- I'm not. Like, I lived there for two years after the Nazi regime. <laughs> Although I did go to a concentration camp. And I also visited Anne Frank's house. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Did you go so, I mean, I fucking, it's not like I'm not familiar with that stuff. And, I mean, it's different when you go to those places and check it out. Because it's like, you can feel, like, when I went to, is that Auschwitz? I think it's Auschwitz.
0: Yeah, that's the most well-known one, yeah. Um, I, I think, think that's in Poland,
1: though. Okay, No it wasn't in Poland then it was like same area as um as was near Amsterdam is like fucking because uh we saw Anne Frank's place and then we had gone to the museum as well like this other thing so I can't remember the name and I mean I'd be able to find it if I looked it up but We went there, and, like, that day, it was weird. It was, like, so, like, I felt like it almost got overcast when we went to the place. So, it, like, made it extra kind of, like, creepy and somber and everything. It was, like, it was crazy. Like, you just, you could totally feel that energy there. Like, you could. And, um. We were, like, we walked through the fucking gas chambers, the ovens and stuff. Like, you could walk right through it. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, the whole time, I'm like, there's so many people here. Like, there was so many people here, and they died, and, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> are, <laughs> like you, are, you,
1: are you Sorry. German?
0: Did you learn What's the that? Language- are you fluent in German? Did you learn the language? Not
1: very fluent, no. I just know, like, sort of the equivalent of our grade school, like, French. Oh, yeah. So, like, I can say a few things, right? Like, I actually know a few sentences, but, like, nothing crazy. So, but, when okay, um, you
0: listen to Ramstein, it's yeah, it's
1: I actually, It's for you than it is for me, yeah. There's a base, actually, called Ramstein. Like, there's an actual place.
0: Oh, and wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, like, they kind of got their, I think they got their name from that, but, um, yeah, that was one of the military bases, was Ramstein and Kaiserslautern, and, uh, yeah, Ramstein was pretty, I liked Ramstein, I went to two different fucking schools there, because we moved, right, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was... (laughs) I thought that was kind of great. I'm like, man, I'm like, in the fucking like, we just moved like to a different base, basically. Like, but yeah, um, in German, uh, everything sounds super aggressive, and I love that.
0: (laughs) Was is it hard to go to school when they don't speak your language at all? That must have been hard, right?
1: I went to school on the base, actually.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Instructors. Yeah, yeah, it
1: was it was basically an American school, like, same yeah. idea. Except we learned German because we were in Germany, so. Oh, I see. Yeah, we had German class, just like, you know, we would have French class
0: here. Yeah, my French is also very limited. So there yeah, mine too.
1: <laughs> I fucking hated French, though, like. And, like, junior high was when it kind of got ruined for me. So, I was like, fuck this. Like, as soon as I found out I didn't have to take it in high school, I was, like, wicked. (laughs) I am not
0: taking it. Well, it's weird because my French teacher in junior high was very similar to Hitler in terms of her approach to teaching. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very odd experience because she had a lazy eye. And so... She was speaking to you, you weren't sure. So you yeah. start off by saying, are you talking to me? And so and then you offend her and that made it even worse.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, lazy eyes are definitely a difficult thing for me. Like I like I will apologize up and down to anyone who's got a lazy eye. It's just really like I have a hard time. Figuring out which one to look at, and yep. I don't want to offend the person, but I also am just staring at the fact that, like, can they see out of that eye? Do they see something different? Like, I have so many questions. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I try not to make it obvious that I'm looking I know, at it. Yeah, I, I
1: feel, feel like talking. I'm totally obvious.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I would never say anything mean about it, so there's at least... No.
1: A- no, I would never either. It's like you can't help that, right? Like you really can't. So like, you know, I say nothing mean about it. It's just I'm like terrible at interactions with
0: people with all yeah. these I'm Absolutely. not good at that. <laughs> well, I I, did, I remembered something I was going to say earlier. We yeah. were talking about bullying, and it's funny because one day I looked at this webpage. I had a bunch of high school yearbook photos of m- famous, like, metal musicians, and I noticed most of them were kind of dorky. And I thought, yeah. that's where the rage in the music comes from. Like, they're yeah. angry about being bullied, and now yeah. it comes out in all these heavy riffs and stuff. Like, uh I think, like, half of Metallica were nerdy, and probably the guys in Slayer and – um You know, Primus
1: was probably nerdy. (laughs) Who who was? Primus. They had to be. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nerdy
1: Hicks is what it is. Nerdy Hicks. And fucking, oh, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. Trent Reznor, he was in band in high school.
0: He was in the marching band. So, yeah, he was a little, uh, he was a little geeky, too. Yeah, Totally. Totally. And he, he played the keyboards, which was not considered a cool musical instrument to play. It was all about guitar, so. Yeah. Were you lucky?
1: But you know what? You know what's fucking funny? Like, when you come from the musical tip of everything, like, piano is actually, like, the best thing to learn.
0: Yeah. For, it's true.
1: Because it's, like, it gives you, like, all of the, like things that you need to know about read like music reading where the notes are and things like that it's a really like it's not necessarily easy but it's it gives you a good feel for uh for music
0: Absolutely were you lucky enough to be going to a high school where some people had bands
1: Yeah um I actually like we had band but I joined up with music vocal
0: Oh I yeah, singing shit. I mean, like we're like there were students who had bands
1: of their own. Oh yeah, totally. I was friends with like fucking a couple of those. Like, um, we had this place called the Pavilion, which uh, back in the day, um, had like all of these fucking high school bands. They'd just book like almost whomever, and uh. Pretty much all of, like, everyone I knew was, like, musically inclined. Like, like practically everyone I knew.
0: Oh, man, that must have been awesome. I was, was. On- I was the only person in my high school who wanted to be in a rock band. Most people there were into, like, hip-hop and, like, you know, dance music and shit. I was the only... Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, uh, I think last time we were talking about how I hooked up the goth people... With, uh, with like my friends from, from, uh, junior high or whatever. My friends from junior high, they're like, they had a band and stuff and they were really good, man. Like, they, like, they could play each other's instruments. They, like, I remember watching them jam one time and they're just like, they all, like, switched (laughs) instruments. Uh, Yeah. Cause, like, um, I mean, one was always better at playing drums than like another person but like the fact that they could just switch up was really cool
0: yeah i wanted to play drums at first but i lived in an apartment so that negated that possibility and they're also they're also like a thousand bucks you know they're it's an expensive instrument it is yeah Then, then again most instruments are really expensive now like used to be to buy a decent bass would be like two or three hundred bucks and now a lot of them are a thousand or more
1: yeah yeah i have a bass guitar
0: but i don't play it really i want to get one but i'm i play left-handed and so they don't sell oh yeah you
1: have to like restring it maybe and like i mean you could you could do that restring it maybe depending like you might even have to get somebody to custom customize it for you
0: I don't know if you can do that with electric instruments. Maybe. I mean, I know that Kirk, Kurt Cobain, he kept smashing his guitars and they'd have to, sometimes they would have to get a right-handed guitar and restring it because the left-handed ones, there's usually like maybe like two or three in the entire store. So, yeah. Yeah. Holy. But yeah, he kept, it uh, wasn't good for their their touring uh, enterprise and constantly smashing instruments and Having to fix them later. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I mean it's good for the show. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I love love watching people smash guitars. <laughs> Pete Townsend and then him, Jerry uh, Jerry, Jimi Hendrix did it. Well, he lit yeah. it on fire too, but uh,
1: yeah, man. Yeah. He used to like put sheets of or pieces of acid on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was. Cut it a little bit and was like sticking on there underneath his headband.
0: Maybe that's maybe the reason, maybe the thing that's wrong with today's bands are they're not doing enough drugs. They're maybe not doing, doing enough
1: drugs. acid, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Need to get back Specifically. into Specifically. <laughs> yeah. Well, my dear, I think uh, we've blown our wad.
1: Yeah, I was going to say we blew our load.
0: That's right. All right. Well thank you very much for joining me once again. Yes. Have yourself a great week.
1: I will, and you too. Also, Take- happy yeah. fucking Friday or whatever. It's That's right, yes. Fucking Enjoy Easter your- and shit. Happy-, happy fucking zombie Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a good night.
0: You're hoping your good Friday's good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good night, man.
0: Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. You too.
1: Bye.